contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Welcome back to Hackberry House, a podcast devoted to the Word of God and the persecuted Church of North Korea. My name is Bob, and this is podcast number 324. It is November 15, 2015. That is, it will be soon. This podcast is being prepared for the Sunday release, but I will release it early tonight. I want to welcome all of our friends at Sermon Cloud, who will now be uh, new audience members. We're glad to have you aboard. I hope that you will look over other offerings that I'm putting there and over at Sermon Audio also, www.sermonaudio.com forward slash a servant 70. Go looking around there. You will find tons of material that I can't go over right now, but there's just a lot of good stuff there. And if you stick with us, I'll be sharing more about that from day to day. Meanwhile, we're reading through Hackberry House, Volume 1, two years with North Korea that I wrote several years ago. Did not go to North Korea, but spent two years working in connection with that ministry. And Daly was writing... um, blogs, and I have put them into one book, and very, very fascinating collection of things here that I've just picked up here and there, and for example, we're right now going through a book called The Aquariums of Pyongyang, written by Kang Chohuan, trekking through that to find different things about it. What a ghastly journey this man leads us through. He writes on page 99 and following, suicide was not uncommon in these camps in North Korea. A number of our neighbors took that road out of Yodak. They usually left behind letters criticizing the regime or, at the very least, its security force. They were heedless acts, which virtually guaranteed that the letter writer's family would be sent to a place worse still than Yodak. Truth be told, some form of punishment would await the family regardless of whether or not a critical note were left behind. It was a rule that admitted no exceptions. The party saw suicide as an attempt to escape its grasp. And if the individual who had tried the trick wasn't around to pay for it, somebody else had to be found. Some suicides tried to palliate the punishment their relatives faced by leaving notes in which they maintained their innocence, but reiterated their faith in communism and in the regime of the much-beloved great leader. This sometimes induced the agents to treat the surviving family with relative leniency, merely add five extra years to the family's original sentence, whose length they in any case never knew. Uh, These are the workings of sickness, and this is me speaking now. This is sickness uh, in North Korea, and it's still there. This was a few years back, but it's still the same. There's a word for people who are so insecure that they feel compelled to punish someone else for the supposed crime of another person. How far has this sickness spread through the country? Jesus Christ is the healer of men's minds, and he is the only answer for North Koreans. Occasionally I have cautioned you of weak heart not to even listen to these stories. Today I have to excuse those who are of weak stomach, Stand by now. From the aquariums of Pyongyang, again, uh, the following description of how some overcame starvation and its resultant health deterioration. Author Kang, 
in a concentration camp with his family has been put on an outside detail. Now, normally, outdoor work would be stimulating, but this particular assignment has to do with the burial of the many who die on a regular basis at the camp. The work did have one benefit, though. It usually came too late to help the weakest among us. In the fields, it was sometimes possible for us to catch frogs, which were plentiful in this season. The amphibian could be skinned and cooked fresh or set out to dry in the sun and used later. Their eggs were also very much in demand. Besides the frogs, we also ate salamanders that we caught near a sweetwater spring. Now, I never much liked the way they tasted, but they were said to be very nutritious. Eating three a day was supposed to keep you in great shape, like vitamin concentrates, uh, though I have no idea whether this was science or faith. The way to eat a salamander is to grab it by the tail and swallow it in one quick gulp before it can discharge a foul-tasting liquid. I often brought my grandmother salamanders so that she would stay healthy, but she never got the knack of swallowing them whole. We kids were the only ones who could do it easily. We ate anything that moved, making even the undiscriminating adults look picky by comparison. By the time a group of prisoners finished working a field, no animal was left alive. Even earthworms were fair game. When we were done with her, nature always needed a couple of seasons to recuperate before she could provide a fresh bounty of food. And yet our hunger remained, piercing, draining. End of quote from his book. I won't have time or space to tell you of the rats that became a likewise prized meal. Besides that, it's just too awful beyond anything Beyond the rats, I won't talk. Yes, Yodok still stands. It's still there. As far as we know, maybe up to 200,000 prisoners still eat rats and worms, still bury countless of their dead, prefer suicide to staying in this evil world any longer. Will you be praying for Yodok? Well, another look at the aquariums of Pyongyang. And then I really need to get onto other things. Um, as one more example of how the North Korean government makes a mockery of by trying to duplicate the Christian faith, consider the bi-weekly criticism and self-criticism sessions. The sessions were nothing new to me, writes the author. Such meetings took place in every North Korean school. But outside the camp, these ideological exercises tended to be peaceable, rather formal in nature, Nothing much happened if you didn't criticize well enough or happened to criticize too sharply. At Yodok, the stakes were much higher. Punishment consisted of hours of nighttime wood chopping, even for 10 and 13 year old children. At the far end of the room was a platform with a table where the prisoner sat to present his self criticism. Next to the table stood two guards along with a representative of the prisoners. There were no other chairs in the room. The other prisoners sat on the floor in groups of five, clustered with their fellow team members. The assembly hall was always overcrowded. Some prisoners dozed off. Others became nauseous from the intensity of the body odor that hung in the air. 
There was no soap at Yodok. The prelude to the ceremonies varied somewhat, but the main action was always the same. The wrongdoer would step onto the platform, his head bowed, and launch into his self-criticism with a foolproof formula such as, Our great leader commanded us, and he followed by one of Kim's great thoughts. Then, says the author, the speaker would tell how he had broken faith with, with that thought of the great leader. In our confessions, we would call that sin in Christianity. The parallel is so real as to be scary. Then he would pledge some penance, as we might say, some proof of reform or change. I'm going to wake up a half hour earlier. I'll make myself equal to the task of fulfilling Kim's orders. I will, I will renew myself, etc., etc. If the prisoner succeeded in criticizing himself well enough, he'd then be allowed to criticize others. If not, members of the audience would criticize him further. And if the accused tried to defend himself, a third prisoner, and if necessary, a fourth, was selected to take up the assault. It was hard to take the sessions seriously. Despite the perfect silence imposed by the hard gaze of the guards, we were like bored kids in a class that they find meaningless. The smallest distraction would set us off. He then relates how some members of the group might suddenly pass gas. The guards would become outraged, asking for the guilty party to identify himself. And when he did, he'd be pushed toward the self-criticism table to expiate his gas passing with a mea culpa, at the end of which he usually received a week's worth of supplementary work detail. End of quote. Uh, enough of that. If you want to know about public executions post-mortem stonings, forced abortions, and how the author finally escapes to China and then South Korea, you really have to read Aquariums of Pyongyang on your own. Meanwhile, know again that Yodok and many other camps still exist, still torture and kill your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Will you pray? Well... Moving to another article and just reading through the book, sharing different aspects of North Korea. We become what we ingest, whether the food of the body or the food of the mind. I want you to read the following and be thankful that you live in a land of free press. Oh, we have our prejudices and our perspectives, but what you're about to read is the solid diet of an average North Korean. These precious folks grow up hating everything Western, even to the point of biting the hand of those who would feed them. Jesus says you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Join me in praying that Jesus, the truth, will be preached all over the towns and villages of that hermit kingdom. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Now, if you dare, this is from the Korea Central News Agency. News in quote. March 25th, 2007. U.S. and South Korean warmongers. Uh, targeted war exercise assailed Pyongyang, March 25th. A spokesman for the Korean National Peace Committee released a statement on Sunday to denounce the U.S. and South Korean warmongers for staging the North Korea targeted 
RSOI, that's uh, the Army, and Field Mobile Exercise in South Korea, defying strong protest. The launch of the above-said war maneuvers is a product of deliberately planned and systematic moves of the U.S. and South Korea and bellicose forces to prevent the desire for peace and reconciliation from growing stronger and escalate tension on the Korean Peninsula in a bid to frustrate the process of dialogue and peace and furthermore ignite a war, the statement said, and continued, the above said RSOI and field mobile exercise is an extension of the moves to provoke a war against the North Koreans and an extremely dangerous preliminary war, a test nuclear war, before going over to an actual war. This saber-rattling just launched behind the curtain of dialogue and peace is a very rude act, proving their utter lack of good faith and courtesy and an unpardonable perfidy to the dialogue partner. This clearly indicates that the United States and South Korean authorities talk about dialogue and improved relations is nothing but hypocrisy. They're still persisting in their hostile policy toward the North Koreans and confrontation with us. The army and people of the DPRK still will boister the self-defensive deterrence for defending the dignity and sovereignty of the Korean nation to cope with the provocative moves of the U.S. and so on and so on. If the aggressors ignite a war on this land, the army and people of the DPRK will resolutely retaliate against them with merciless, deadly blows. The U.S. would be well advised to stop at once its reckless war exercise. Well, I'm not going to finish this article. <laughs> that you will find articles like this probably every day in the North Korean news, constantly trying to start something. And if we respond to any of it, and we, be, in their eyes, we are the aggressor. Totally, totally perverted mindset. There's not a school child anywhere that knows about North Korea that doesn't know. We want peace with, in that whole peninsula. Not with communism, of course, not with evil, but we want, we want freedom, we want liberty, we want nothing but good things for the people of the North. And they're just trying to start a war, trying to get a little attention. You'll see things in the news from Kim Jong-un today, every day, trying to uh, get people to look at him again. He, he, needs, he needs help. He, they, they need a lot of food and so forth over there. He's trying to extort that from people all over the world. Oh, what a situation. Something for you to be praying about every day of this week. I hope that you will. May God bless you. And we started with Psalm 35.1 today. We end with it as a prayer and perhaps their prayer also. Contend, O Lord, with those who contend with me. Tomorrow, Spurgeon on the Holy Spirit. God bless you till then.